It's the Monday Wrap with my dad, Pastor Mark. Well, hello everyone, this is Pastor Mark, and this is the Monday Wrap for Sunday, September 5th, 2021, in a message I entitled, Philadelphia Freedom, and it's based on Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. Let's read those verses of scripture here. Uh, Revelation 3, verses 7 through 12. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have, so that no one will take your crown. One who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. You know, we started off on Sunday and we talked about freedom. I said that as Americans, uh, we have an idea of what freedom is, right? Because we live in this democratic republic. As free Americans, we can pursue whatever professional endeavors we want to pursue. We can worship the way we want to worship. We can live where we want to live. And we can say and think what we want to say and think. We don't have to fear prison or execution or censure or other types of uh, types of reprisal. Now, of course, there are exceptions to this, right? Because we don't live in a perfect nation. We're not a perfect people. But the ideology is sound. As someone once said, freedom is being you without anyone's permission. Or Herbert Hoover, the 31st president of the United States, said, Freedom is the open window through which pours the sunlight of the human spirit and human dignity. We think about freedom like that and it makes us feel good, doesn't it? It makes us feel free. That's not the kind of freedom I talked about on Sunday. The kind of freedom I talked about is the freedom that we read about or that is spawned by Revelation chapter 3, this letter to the church in Philadelphia. Now, we, we set the context. There's this John's uh, uh, recording of Christ's words as he sees his vision of Christ in heaven. And Christ says, hey, write these seven letters to these seven churches of Asia Minor. One of those letters is to the church at Philadelphia. And that's where we pick it up here in Revelation chapter 3. And it's a very positive message. In this letter to the church of Philadelphia, God says, hey, you've done well. You've kept my word. You didn't deny me. And you endured patiently. And so when I look at that, I think, man, this church at Philadelphia did it pretty well. They, they did it right, as it were. I want to learn from this. So what can we learn? So we went through this passage verse by verse. And we said we can learn three basic things about God, and about our relationship with him, and how we can be a church like the church at Philadelphia uh, from these verses. And the first thing we learn is that God's open doors have no locks, right? Verse 8 says, I know your deeds. See, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Folks, when God flings open a door of opportunity or blessing, there ain't nobody who can close it. Amen? And it doesn't depend on our strength. It depends on his strength. And that's recognized in verse 8, isn't it? I know that you have no strength. You have little strength, Jesus said, yet you have kept my word and have not denied 
my name. In that last half of verse 8, Jesus recognizes weakness and failure and fault. And basically what he's saying here is our weaknesses and our failures and our faults are not enough to shut the doors that God opens. God is an almighty power, an irresistible, uncontainable power. We see this throughout the Bible. I quoted Matthew 19, 26. What man, with this, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. First Chronicles 29, 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Psalm 62, 11. The power belongs to God. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things to him, to him who strengthens me. God is powerful, so powerful that his open doors cannot be shut, right? And because he's so powerful, this almighty power of God, the second thing is true in this first two that we learn from this passage, rather, that God's faithful have no worries. So God's open doors have no locks. God's faithful have no worries, verses 9 through 10. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. Two promises are made here, folks, and they should be very comforting to us, his faithful believers. Number one, he says that he will keep at bay the evil one and his minions and ensure that our faithfulness is recognized in the end. And number two, he will protect his people from damnation and the hell on earth, as it were, that is to come which is presumably presumably the tribulation period in the end times, but that's another sermon. <laughs> so he will protect his people from evil people, and he will protect his people from the ultimate destruction of evil people. What else is there to worry about in life, really? I mean, think about it. Other than maybe health concerns, the, most of our worries come from other relationships with people, don't they? With governments or financial institutions, our mortgages, our loans, our banks, things of that nature, right? We... I, our trouble comes from our relationships so often. And right here, God is saying in the long run, these things don't matter because I'm going to protect you from all of this. So don't worry. I talked about how I used to worry about what people think, but when I see verses like about me, right? About what people thought about me, of friends and family, and if they were thinking good things about me or bad things about me, but God, God is saying, you know, don't worry about those things. Don't, don't worry about what other people think. Follow me and all will be well. Don't worry about what other people can or can't do to you. Follow me and all will be well. Don't worry about being destroyed by the evil in this world. Just follow me and all will be well. And he's telling you the same thing, folks. As a child of God, you have no worries. Now, I'm not saying you don't have concerns. There are things, right, that we have to do in life. We have to pay our bills. We have to go to work. I mean, we have concerns, but concerns are different than worries. Worries are the things that keep us up at night. Worry is the thing that we, you know, because worry is really based in control, isn't it? I worry about things because I want to control them. I want to be in charge of them. I want to influence them. So I worry about them because why? I can't control them. I can't be ultimately influential in certain things in my life. I worry about things that I want to control, but I can't control. God says, don't worry about those things. I'm in control. I'll take care of those. You concern yourself with the things that I've asked you to concern yourself with like faith, love, mercy, gentleness, the fruit of the Spirit, right? But we don't have worries because the worries, those things that we would worry about are taken care of by God. This is why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33-34, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all things will be added to you. 
Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Where Paul in Philippians 4, 6-7, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Folks, God's faithful have no worries. And because of this, I moved to my third point, right? And the third point in this passage is that God's church has no end, right? So God's open doors have no locks, God's faithful have no worries, and God's church has no end. Verses 11 through 12, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. I will also write on them my new name. And I said, wow, right? <laughs> I remember saying that, wow. Folks, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus today, these words are for you. If you hold on to what you have, your faith, your life of submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, no one can take your crown. No one can take your salvation. And you'll be a part of the eternal temple of God. You'll never leave it. You'll be forever tattooed, as it were, with the name of God and the name of the city of God, Jerusalem. In other words, you'll be branded, just like cattle are branded I talked about on Sunday. You'll be branded. In fact, you're already branded because you're a child of God. And you'll be given a new name, a fresh start in the perfect bosom of the Lord, a new identity that marks you for eternity. I talk about talked about how many Christians fear death, but we don't have to fear death, right? Because physical death is a prelude to new, to new life. And I, and I talked about hearing people talk about the church today dying. Well, though it's struggling, no doubt it will not die. God will not allow Satan to prevail against his people. We are here to stay, folks. And that's a beautiful reality. God's church will not end. But then I, asked, but then I said, you know what? How does this apply to Jerusalem Chapel? It's great that God's open doors have no locks, that God's faithful have no worries, and that God's church has no end. But how's the supply of Jerusalem chapel? And I, I noted three things. Number one, when we're following God's lead, he gives us assurance. This goes back to God's open doors have no locks. God can do whatever he leads us to do. He equips the called. We are assured of success if we are following God's will for our church because God's doors cannot be closed. Unlocked doors or doors that can't be locked give us assurance, right? If we're going through that open door, God will take care of us. He will fulfill the mission that he wants to fill. Number two, I said when we're following God's lead, he blesses us with peace. This relates back to God's faithful have no worries. If we're following God, he will take care of our worries and replace them with peace. This relates back, to, I, I related it back to Philippians 4, 6-7, right? He said, don't be anxious about anything, Paul said, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made to God and the peace of God will guard your hearts. In other words, if you just follow me, folks, in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving and obedience, I'll take care of everything and I'll give you peace that I'm taking care of everything. And then thirdly, I made the point when we're following God's lead, he offers us security. And yes, I do mean eternal security, right? This relates back to the point that uh, God's church has no end. Sure, right? We might and will likely and surely will face trials and tribulations and setbacks and failures. But in the end, God will protect and endure his people. We don't have to worry about being left behind or abandoned. God secures us 
for eternity. Hebrews 13.5 says, God will never leave us or forsake us. Joshua 1.9, uh, God was speaking to certainly the the, the fearful Joshua as he was taken over from Moses. And what did he say? Do not worry, because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Well, folks, uh, you might be saying, okay, I get it, Pastor. I understand Revelation 7, 3, 7 through 12. God's open doors have no locks. God's faithful have no worries. And God's church has no end. And I understand the application for Jerusalem Chapel. When we follow God, he gives us assurance. He blesses us with peace. He offers us eternal security. But what does all that really mean? And oh, by the way, I thought you were talking about freedom today, right? <laughs> Philadelphia freedom. Well, here it is, folks. And this was the, the summary for, the, for where I was going today. Now listen carefully, because this is it. Realizing and internalizing the fact that God's doors don't lock, and thus we have assurance. That his faithful have no worries, and thus we are blessed with peace. And that his church has no end, and thus we, are, we have security. Frees us up to do God's work with boldness, passion, compassion, and resolve or resiliency. There it is. When we are unobstructed, not worried and secure, we can boldly go forward with confidence and passion to do God's work. We are free to be who God created us to be. And this is different from the secular freedom we talked about before. Secular freedom and Philadelphia freedom, right? The freedom that those people in Philadelphia must have felt because they were following God with assurance and peace and security. They must have been free to do what they were called to do by God, which is why Jesus can praise them. We want to have that kind of Philadelphia freedom in our lives. And that's different from secular freedom. You say, how? Well, secular freedom often is me-focused, isn't it? Self-centered. Philadelphia freedom is focused on others. Secular freedom places a high premium on my will. Philadelphia freedom places the highest premium on God's will. Secular freedom relinquishes burden. Philadelphia freedom takes on the burden of others. Secular freedom hero is the people and Philadelphia freedom's hero is God. There's a joy in Philadelphia freedom, folks. When we are free to be God's, who God created us to be, his servants, his slaves, his disciples, his love givers, his teachers, etc., etc. But you say, well, pastor, how do I get that? How do I experience that Philadelphia freedom? And I talked about five different ways. First, we've got to commune with God through Bible study and prayer and fellowship. We've got to have that triangle faith. We've got to be in communion with God, creating relationship with him, deepening our knowledge of him and our experience with him. Secondly, we've got to teach others. Matthew 20, 19 through 20, we've got to be about the Great Commission. We've got to be out there making disciples, telling people about Jesus. Thirdly, we've got to be serving people. Mark 10, 42 through 45, Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We've got to be about service. Number four, we've got to love people. Matthew 22, 36 through 40, Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment is. And what did he say? Love God and love others. We've got to be about that business. And finally, we've got to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. We've got to be about patience. Kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. We've got to let the Holy Spirit fill us so we can reflect His positivity to the world around us. And folks, if we're doing that, if we're getting our 
deep relationship with God. We're communing with God. We're teaching. We're serving. We're loving. We're demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit. Let me tell you something. You're going to feel. You're going to experience. You're going to be a part of Philadelphia Freedom. And that's what the people in Philadelphia were in the Bible. They were being praised by Christ because they had Philadelphia freedom. They had biblical freedom because they had uh, assurance from God. They had the peace of God and they had security and it allowed them to go out and do the work of God. Folks, that's what I want for us at Jerusalem Chapel. That's what I want from us. So I want you to pray this week that God will give you Philadelphia freedom. I want you to start doing these things, communing with God, Bible study, prayer, fellowship. I want you to teach. I want you to serve. I want you to love. I want you to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit through the power of God. Don't miss the opportunity to be free. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, Monday wrap, and uh, I hope that it does something. I hope it spurs something in you, and I hope it deepens your faith. And we'll see you next time. Join us next week for the Monday Wrap with my dad.